0: Hi guys, this is Shioma from Chimu Talks. Today's topic is about self-esteem, dealing with expectations, and knowing yourself. So today I'll just talk about, you know, how to know your self-worth, um, how to deal with people's expectations of you, but also give you a personal antidote of my life on how I... Almost undersold myself a lot, and what that experience taught me about self worth, um, evaluating opportunity costs. But you know, more of this will make sense as I keep talking, so stay tuned. So, I am gonna walk you through. A lesson that I learned in self-worth, patience, and evaluating opportunity costs. So just to give a little excerpt, um, so all of us, I feel like all of us are worthy, but at the same time, we're all nothing. And let me explain that. Everybody in their way is special, and I'm a firm believer in that, but when it comes to paper. We're all the same just because we're human, you know. Yes, we might be the one and greatest, but there might be another replica of us in another country. But let me not get into that. What I want to say about self-worth is a lot of self-worth comes from within you, yes, but it's also affected about what people say about you, how you were brought up, how you were treated. And for me, I didn't realize how much... And my self-worth was predicated by people outside of me until, um, this event happened to me. And let me, let me explain the event and then maybe we'll start making more sense because I'm just recording this on the fly. So I went to this job fair. I will not name the job fair, but I went to this job fair because, you know, your girl job searching and... I was speaking with several companies about their jobs, and it was very obvious that the core of their audience is high school students, because a lot of these were sales associate jobs, you know, it was in the mall. So many of the applicants would be, you know, high school students, maybe at most college students who are still trying to get their degree. Again, nothing against that. I was like, okay. I went into the job fair blind, didn't know what it was about. I talked to some good people. Um, I gave them my resume. I gave them my resume. I talked to them, and they called me for a second interview, right, which I was very honored um, by that because they didn't have to. So I interviewed with two companies. One company is like a bakery, That's what I'll say. And another company is a chocolate company. All right. Since there are a lot of bakeries and chocolate companies, y'all are not going to know which ones. But, um, so I interviewed with both the chocolate and the baker company, and I liked both companies. I liked the people. I liked their style and the job description was good, right? Like I knew I would be learning valuable lessons, but. The one that I liked more or tended to lean toward more was the bakery because I was interviewing for a managerial role. And for those of you who don't know, I have my graduate degree in engineering management, which I do learn engineering principles. However, it's mostly like management skills. So, you know, sourcing, procurement, uh, changement, you know, all those management stuff, right? And I also have experience in management. So I was very particular to that job because I'm like it will use more of my skills. And I also like gelled well with the owner. So um I went to my second interview with the breakery people. You know, me and the owner were just having a chat. She's interviewing me. And you know, we're gelling very nicely. I asked her all these questions, like you know, what's the pay? What's the, is there paid vacation? What are the benefits? If something happens, if there's an emergency, how do I contact you? Um, What are your policy? You know, I was asking her all these questions, right? So she answered them and when the interview ended, right before I left, she just gave me the job right there and then, right? Right there and then. And I and to be honest, y'all, I wanted to take it right there and then. However, I told her, let me think about it, because I know you're not supposed to rush into these things. Even if the deal seems at least to you, you'd love it. It's good to take a day to at least think about it, right? And I told her that I'm like, um, let me think, give me like a couple of days to think about it. Let me mull it over, all that jazz. And she was okay with that. Now y'all, the pay for this was going to be twelve fifty. Yes, twelve fifty an hour, um, and then after ninety days, because you know they say it's twelve fifty because the first ninety days you'll be working alongside people that you manage. So you know I'll be learning how to do the bakery process, which again, is nothing wrong with that. I actually like managers who know what the people who they're managing do. So I'm like, if you don't know the process, you won't be an effective manager. So I was cool with that. I'm like, that's fine. You know, I wasn't very prideful. I'm like, that's fine. Like, I don't mind that. I believe in that. So she's like, it's 1250. And then like, after your performance, there'll be a raise, you know, because you'll be a manager, manager. So, you know, after thinking about it, I was like, you know, 1250 is kind of, in my opinion, is too low for someone of my degree and skills. And I don't want to say that like, oh, I'm high and mighty or I'm, um, you know, the the crap or I'm too good for this job. Because again, I like the job description. But when I look at rent and expenses and I look at my degree and I'm like 12 50 I can literally make more being a cashier at Walmart. Like my friends... Have made more money just being a secretary, right? And what this job wants me to do is, they want me to make the product, manage people, um, clean up, file reports, all for twelve fifty. Now, if I was just doing a cashier position, whatever, but I was like, nah. And then I had to look at my living expenses because, again, the job was out of state, like in a completely different state. So I would have to find rent, and it it was just a big, big wahala. So I'm like, you know, let me think about it. What I liked about the company was its opportunity for growth. So I would start off as a manager, and if I do good, I will be promoted to assistant manager, store manager, then district manager, Right. I'm like, okay, cool. So I asked her, what is the average pay for those managers, right? And she was telling me, it depends on your performance. And I'm like, I understand that. It depends on your performance. You know, you can't be bad. But I just told her, you know, can you at least give me a range just so I can know what I'm working with? So when I'm negotiating salary, you know, I'm not going to be out of pocket. You know, so if like their average is $18 I'm not gonna go in there and try to negotiate for 30 you know that's like out of pocket but if it's 18 I can probably negotiate for 20 right so I'm like you know let me know what I'm working with so she said the average or the range is 13 to 15 dollars an hour y'all when I said I was thinking about it I was like to me that pay was too low to be honest because like again I've made more in my internship than there, and this is a full time position. And again, I really liked the job and I really wanted to take it, but I had to think about it. And I was like kind of stuck in a dilemma because, on one hand, I wanted to take it, do the job, and I'm like, this can be something that I do while looking for another job. But at the same time, I'm like, the most I can make is $15 an hour as a manager you know and I'm privileged enough in the sense that I can't afford to wait y'all you know my parents don't mind me living with them I have friends like I can't afford to wait I don't have any impending expenses on my head right so I'm like and you know I'll be working morning shifts and night shifts I'm like uh, but I still kind of wanted to take it because I'm like I like the area I want to be in the area. It's a managerial position I'll gain experience and right and I, and to be honest y'all I was just tired excuse me I was just tired of getting rejected from jobs. I was just tired. y'all don't know how many applications I have sent out. Right, I've sent over 500 applications on just LinkedIn alone. That's not including career web. Just on LinkedIn alone, I've applied to over 500 jobs. Right. And every single or most of them, like let's just say 95% of them, always came back with rejection, right? So I barely get any interviews. And then some of the interviews that I do get are from scam companies, and then once in a blue moon, once I want when I get an interview, I don't make it to the next round, which again is normal. So yeah, I was just tired of getting um rejected that I was about to accept this job, right? And I was just thinking about the opportunity cost, you know, just everything. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have to pay rent. I have to pay my bills, and I also have to pay for Chimu. And I'm like, can I afford it, given that I will be working night shifts? And these night shifts are like 3 to 11 p.m., right? I'll be expected to work Saturdays and Sundays. So I had to think about it. And in the next segment, I'll talk you through my thought process because, you know, probably some of y'all are going through that, especially if you just graduated. And I'll show you how that made me think about opportunity cost. How that made me evaluate that, you know, it's not all about the money. And it also made me value, like, think about self-worth. Think about self-worth, how to know how worthy you are. And also just, like, a little look into decision-making and doing what's best for you. So stay tuned for that. okay y'all i'm back so if for what you guys heard about the last guy just gave you context of my job search and an offer that i was offered and how i thought about it and i'm gonna tell you a lot of my thought process so again y'all i wanted to accept that job because you know i like the job description i gelled with the owner And I'm thinking, you know, this is something that I can do in the meantime, and you know, it can add to my experience, I'm fine. Now, I want to talk about opportunity costs. So for those of you who don't know what opportunity costs, how I define it is, these are costs that are more than just a dollar amount, so, like for example, you may be looking at a car buying a car. There might be a used car that came from twenty from two thousand and two that cost a thousand dollars, and then another car that's twenty seventeen that costs ten K, right? Again, arbitrary numbers. Now a lot of people might be saying, you know, let's go for the one K car because you know it's cheaper, and, and let's pretend these cars look the same. So you know how they look is the same. And, and, you know, a lot of people might be like, you know, let's go for the 1K car. You know, it's cheaper. However, we know that many of us look at these opportunity costs. We may be like, yes, the 1K car might be cheaper, but it was made in 2002. How much mileage does it have? Is this car healthy? Yes, it's 1K, but will I have to... um do maintenance on it every time? Will it get me from point A to point B? If I go from my house to work, will it always break down? Will it always give me problems? And those are the opportunity costs, stuff that goes beyond the dollar amount. So it's not just how much you pay for the car, or even just maintenance fees is, will it get me from point A to point B? Will it give me hell? Right? Like, will it give me hell? Will I fill up A full tank of gas. I go five miles, and the gas is almost done. Will it start on time? You know, there's these all these costs. Because even though they don't have any monetary value on them, those factors are very important. Which is why a lot of people choose to go for the 10k car because with the 10k car, they can fill up gas no problem, go to work no problem, maintenance no problem, right? So those are the opportunity costs. Costs that are not always monetary. It's just like your peace of mind. Will it really save you money? Like, what are the other costs apart from the sticker price? So when I was looking at this job, it taught me about opportunity costs. Because again, I don't want to tell people or showcase that, oh, since the job offered me $12.50, I'm going to turn it down because $12.50 is too low. No, no because if Gary V said, let me work for him for 12 I would have taken that job in five seconds. I would have tried my best to make it work. If Bill Gates, you know, Bill Gates, Mark Rubio, you know, all these people that Hillary Clinton, you know, all these people, if they said work for me for $5, I would do it. You know, I mean, yes, five, they can not do that because Paying me $5 is illegal. But, you know, I would do it because the opportunity cost is if I'm working for someone like, let me just use Hillary Clinton as an example, whether or not y'all like her. If I'm working for someone like Hillary Clinton, right, and, you know, this is someone who takes, and if it looks like this job will get me in connection with her network, will make me learn from her, right? Like her or not, you can't say she doesn't know her way around a political room. Right? If that will help me get connected to her connections, if I do a good job for her, if she writes me a recommendation, right? So yes, I may be working for her for five dollars. But when you when I look at the opportunity, you know, who am I going to be with? Who am I gonna wine and dine with? Um who she will connect me to. Yes, I may be working for her for five dollars, but I'm on track to be making a lot of money, or if let's not even talk about money, the opportunities for me would be endless if I work for her, right? So again, that's why I'm saying um, it's not just about the sticker price. You also have to think about other opportunities. So if it was like for those people, man, you can pay me $5, I'll come. As long as I can see it's beneficial, I'll come. So it wasn't about the money, y'all. Or the money wasn't like, the end all be all. Right. So, but for this job, I was looking at the opportunity cost. I'm like, I like that I can be assistant manager, store manager, and actually run, you know, manage people. Right? So that was a nice thing that I had. However, um, you know, with twelve fifty, I'm like, I can barely afford rent. I can barely afford Again, if I, unless I live with roommates, but even then, money will be tight. And I'm like, will I be able to do Chimu as much as I'm doing it right now, right? And the other thing was like, yes, they say there's room for promotion, but they don't have to promote me, right? And again, I'm not saying that if I do a sucky job, they should promote me, no. But at the same time, they're under no obligation to promote me You know, if they don't think I'm doing a good job, whether or not I'm doing a good job or not, if they say no, there's nothing I can do. So maybe after the 90 days, they may bump up my rates to $13 an hour. Right? So I'm like, they don't have to promote me. There's no promises that they will promote me. And I even told myself, let's pretend that they promote me to $15, right? And I do manage people. I'm like, I am managing people right now. I have four plus years of experience in management and because of Chimu and because of my other endeavors. So I'm like, with or without this job, I'll still be managing people. So I really don't need that experience. I also looked at the other opportunity costs like rent. How will I pay the rent? I need to find roommates. I am new to the state. It's going to be hard. How am I going to pay for food? And if I'm not living with my parents, you know, I'll have to pay for the phone bill, um, car maintenance, all of that, right? And I'm like, will I be able to survive? Then the other opportunity cost was my time. Yes, it's 40 hours a week. However, if I'm working from 8 to 5 on two days and then some days working from 3 to 11... Right, And then there'll be some days I'm working Saturdays. Some days I'm working Sundays, right? I'm going to come home tired and just wanting to sleep and not do anything. Because I know myself. And they're only paying me $13 while I have to pay rent and do this, right? For people who've gone through that, I applaud you. But so I was looking at that cost of, you know, living expenses, I was also looking at the cost of time, right? Because I need those weekends. I need those nights, right? Because a lot of events are during the weekend or later at night, and I'm going to be working. And again, this is a job where I'll be doing 101 things I'll be managing, I'll be making the pretzels, I'll be cleaning, I'll be doing the reports. And you're paying me the same as a cashier. So when I was looking at all those opportunity costs, I was like, it doesn't make any sense. Right? Like for me and what I want and what I have. Again, if I needed the money right now, right now, I'm telling you, I would have taken it. However, I am fortunate that I can afford to wait. So, um, fast forward, I talked to a few of my people, a few of my friends, I told them my situation. And so a lot of them had the same answer, whether or not they said take it or not take it, they say prioritize. But one of my friends, she was actually, this was my, her best, this was the best response. I asked her, this is what they're offering if I do good. They said the average pay wage is like $13 to $15. And my friend said, Chioma, that's ridiculous. I make $13 at Bucky's with no college education. She's like, that is ridiculous. You have to value yourself more than that. And when I talked to my other friends, they had different answers, but it was around the same of do what's best for you. And. So I decided, I'm like, all right, you know, you're right. So I looked at the opportunity cost. I looked at the pay and what I wanted. And I saw that at this time, I don't think I'm able to take that job, right? Just because it will not be beneficial to me. Right, and it also won't be beneficial to the company because if I'm coming here always tired and always grumpy because I'm barely making any payments, especially if I'm not doing chimu i 'll be mad it's not good for the company either, and that's not fair to them. They can give it to somebody else who will do a better job so so the point of that segment was just you know tell you guys more context and just tell you my. Thought process because like I bet some of y'all are going through the same thing, especially if you just graduated college, you know, we've been fed I don't want to say lies, but for many of us, right, who just graduated, we were told go to school, get a good degree, job will be flowing. Right? Again, no one said it's going to be easy, you will close your eyes and you get a job. No, you have to apply, you have to make connections. Right. But people made us under the impression that getting a job, as long as you have a good degree, that getting a job was going to be easy. And then you kind of get disenfranchised when you are applying, you are applying and it's you know, it's bad that when you get a rejection letter, you're happy, not because you got rejected, but because somebody got back to you. Isn't isn't that crazy, y'all? Like, I'd be happy like I'd be sad when I get rejections, but sometimes I'd be happy because at least then I know that they at least had the courtesy whether or n- even though I know it's a robot talking to me that they would like let me let her know that this job ain't happening. Then some companies, they won't even tell you that they have thrown your application in the trash. Right? So you know, no one ever tells you, or we're not so used to that, right? And I and I realized in this job searching, when I've talked to friends, I realized this phenomenon is actually very common, and people have told me I should relax because this hasn't, cause like, it hasn't been that long since I've been out of college, right? And I'm like, wow, you're right, but um. But yeah, I really wanted to make this podcast just to tell y'all guys this because I feel like someone hearing this, it will help them because I know there's someone out there who has like a good degree who's looking at this job that pay that is too low. And when I mean too low, I'm not saying if the average for someone of your degree who just got out of college is 50K and someone is offering you 45K that you should turn it down. I'm not saying that, right? Because, you know, averages are averages. You will have people who are making 80K, you have people who are making 30K, and that's how you get the average of 50. So I'm not saying you should turn it down, but when you know your average is 50K, right? And I'm telling about like you just graduated, that's what your contemporaries are making. Y'all, a lot of you are not gonna accept a job that pays you 20K unless you really, 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 really need that money now right so yeah so my next segment I'm just going to talk about what I learned about self-love self-value and how I almost sold myself way too low and also talk about how expectations play into that so stay tuned all right, y'all, so, um, in my last segment, I talked about more of my thought process of receiving a job offer that was, I felt too low for someone of my degree and skills, and not just, you know, the sticker price, you know, oh, it only pays me twelve fifteen an hour. Also, the opportunity cost, like, will I grow in this job? How will I afford rent? Um... Will I be too tired to do anything? What happens to Chimu? You know, all those questions are important. All those factors are. So I wanted to take this time to talk about self-worth, self-love, um, and how we get our sense of self-worth, self-love, um, and how we are treated kind of plays into that. So again, looking at the story And again, looking through my experience of what happened to me, I realized that I was selling myself way too short. And don't get me wrong, there are times, there are many times I sell myself short, but this was taking the cake. You know, like, there is selling yourself short, and then there is selling yourself short. And these were one of those opportunities. Like, again, I know I'd be selling myself short, but this was taking the cake, even for me. And so um, it kind of made me fight with myself in the sense I was like, am I selling myself short? Or do I think that I, how do I say this? I was like, am I selling myself short or am I expecting too much, right? And let me explain that. So I don't know about you guys, but I know for me, I often go through periods where I'm like, I'm selling myself too short. I shouldn't accept this. And am I being high and mighty? Am I just a whiny kid who can't deal with reality? Right? And it's hard to like find that balance because you know, a lot of people will tell you don't sell yourself short. But again, those same people will tell you, you have to be realistic. So all of y'all thinking, depending on your degree, that you're going to be coming out of college making 90K, 100K, depending on where you live, a lot of people will be like, girl, please, you'll be lucky if someone offers you 65K Come just coming out of school, right? Because you don't have the experience. But then a lot of people will say, but don't go for 40K, So it's just like, you know, finding that balance of being realistic and, you know, and not turning up your nose to good opportunities and then selling yourself short where the opportunity is not beneficial to you at all or the benefit or like the benefit is way less than what you're putting into it. So when I was trying to make this decision of should I take this 1250 job or not, I had to go through that cycle of, you know, how low is too low, right? And am I being selfish, unrealistic for thinking, should I not take this job? Or am I just desperate that I was going to take the job on the spot? Because y'all, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for the fact that I know it's good to think over things and not accept a job offer in, like, 50 seconds, I was going to, girl, I was going to take that job right there and right right there and then. Right, and I would have probably started next week. So, again, I really have nothing to say on this. It's just interesting to me that we have to do that balance. And I don't know how to do that balance, y'all. So, if you guys have any suggestions on how to balance being realistic, you know, not being high and snobby and turning your nose up, but also knowing how to value yourself enough that you won't be taking something that you won't be taking something that's ridiculous, right? So, yeah, and also I wanted to, before I go, I wanted to quickly touch upon, Huh? I, oh, Lord, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. I had a point. Um, We talked about self-worth, y'all. We talked about what is too low. We talked about opportunity cost um, expectations, yes, so expectations, y'all, so we all have them, you know, we have expectations of ourselves, our parents have expectations for us, our siblings, our peers, and I want to talk about how expectation, oh, sorry, y'all, oh, that's a mosquito, hold up, y'all, okay, sorry, um, technical difficulties, so, you know, let me do this in the next segment. In the next segment, I'll talk about expectations. So, um, expectations, y'all. Um, So, you know, we all have them. We have them on ourselves. Parents have them on us, siblings, peers, media, all that. And I wanted to talk about how those expectations kind of play into the whole self-worth narrative. Like, how much are you worth? How low is too low versus are your expectations unrealistic? And let me, giving my context, let me explain. So again, for me, I am a, I am a master's graduate, right? I graduated my master's degree, right? In engineering management, right? And everyone who has seen my resume has said it's impressive. Or at least that's what they say to my face. So they can be lying. I don't know. So... um. How the expectations of myself and of society and of classmates kind of weaved itself into my decision making is a lot of people, when you have a master's degree in a good field, right? People are expecting, even if you just got out of college, you should be making, at least people who are around me, and again, this depends on where you live. If you live somewhere like New York or California, it's different. But just in general, people would be like, your starting salary should be like 60K, Right? They'll be like, you know, maybe sometimes you can accept 55K, sometimes 50K, depending on the opportunity. But for the most part, the universal number that I've been hearing from people is your starting salary is 60K because the type of jobs you'll be, you'll be applying to usually pay that much for an entry level. Because, you know, you, you study to be an engineer and engineers, you know, make, let's just say 80, 90K, so 60k as a start is not that unrealistic. Again, depending on your location. So, um so that's the expectation that with and then especially with masters, you should bump that up to 65-70k, right? So, it's just the expectations of that of you know, people expect that when you just get out of college with this degree, You're supposed to be making that much. And I'm not telling about, you know, just the students, but you see it like you see your friends accepting jobs that are paying them 65 to 70 K. You're seeing jobs that you're applying for, you know, jobs that you're qualified for and that people um, of your same degree and skill apply for usually pay that much. Right. So when you when you get all of that and then of course your parents thinking, you know, you're their baby. You should be making 100k right out of college, right? But um when you look at all those expectations, especially when it comes to income and earning, it really does play with your mind a bit. Cuz like for me, that's how I was brought up. So, I threw away the, as soon as I come out of college, I'll be making six figures. Because, you know, that's not very realistic as an entry-level candidate. Because, you know, a lot of people don't make six figures. So, I don't know why they expect someone who just came from college to make six figures. So, again, that expectation was not realistic. That was thrown in the trash, right? But the other expectation of, you know, my starting salary should be around 60K stuck with me. Because my friends would say it, they would work in jobs. I pay them at least 60 K and above a lot of the jobs that I, that I was applying to, right. Their starting salary was like 60 K 65 K. And these are jobs that are for people like me. Right. And a lot of those jobs were offering 60 K 65 K as a start. Right. So, it's not unrealistic that someone of my skill set should be expected to make that much as an entry-level candidate. So with all of that being eternalized in me, when the bakery people told me the starting salary is $12.50, I was like, to be honest, in my mind, I was like, they saw my resume they know I have a master's in engineering management. They know I have four years of managing people nationally and internationally. Like, it's, it's on my resume, right? And they know I didn't just fluff up my resume, because if you talk to me about it, I can tell you in detail of what I do. So, like, you know, they saw all of that, right? Right? and they're and they're offering me 1250. And don't get me wrong, people have budgets. You know, it's a bakery company. Maybe they can't afford to pay me the industry average for that location. Okay, it happens. Not every company can do that. But it was because of my expectations of, you know, what people have been saying to me and myself that made me battle myself in knowing should I take the job or not? Because again, a part of me wanted to take that job just because, you know, I was tired of job searching and this would be something I can do while I wait, right? But a part of me didn't want to take the job because I'm like, this is way too low. Like high school students can make more than this, right? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm like, high school students can make more than this. And then, again, it was the whole argument of am I letting people's expectations get the best of me? Am I letting people's expectations, you know, keep me from a good opportunity? But I'm also like, but at the same time, I have to be realistic. A lot of the jobs that I apply for that are, you know, in my league, their starting salary is like 60, 65K. If it's a little bit lower than that, it usually means they're a startup. But for a well-established company, and I won't name this bakery company, but this company has locations all over the globe. Like they're well-established; they're not just a startup. So, I don't know, y'all. I don't know, but that's what I was battling with, was just the expectations of people. And I was thinking, I'm like, "Eh, do I not want to take this job? Because one, it's a bad idea. Or do I not want to take this job? Because internally, I'm afraid of what people will think. Eternally, I am afraid. And actually, I take that back. I was not afraid about what people would think. Just because I knew I could dress it up. Because again, even though the pay is low, I am still a manager right I still manage people so even if people come up to me I'm a oh yeah I'm a manager at this bakery company I manage for this a team of four to six people they report to me I do the ending reports you know and I manage the store that sounds impressive because again it's a lot of work being a manager not just anyone can do it so me I can dress it up right So, I really wasn't worried about people's perception of me. As long as they don't know the pay, I was cool, but I was more scared. And I just realized this now I am more scared that I will, of my expectation of myself, on how I would view myself. Because I know how much they're paying. And I'm like, I was afraid that I would be disappointed in myself. I was afraid that I'm going to take this job and while I may enjoy the job, I'm gonna be looking at myself like you're a failure. Why did you take this job? You are fortunate enough that you can afford to wait. You have classmates that, that that would have not taken this job and they got student loans. They got bills to pay. They got rent coming up. And they still wouldn't take this job. And you're over here about to take this job when you don't have rent to pay. You're able to live with your parents if need be. To the glory of God, you don't have student loans. And you're still going, really? Like, I was like talking down on myself like that's kind of an insult. Right? And that's what I was afraid of. I was afraid that I was going to be resentful. I was afraid that I didn't value myself enough to walk away from this job opportunity. Because after looking at how much it paid and all the opportunity costs, like I have to pay rent, I have to, how am I gonna get there? I'm gonna be moving to a new city. I'm going to be... You know, Chimu is also an opportunity cost because businesses cost money, right? So Chimu is a thing, you know, my time. Yes, it's 40 hour weeks, but something happens to you when you're working from three to 11 all the time or when you're working on some weekdays or week when you're working on some weekends, right? So it's just like my time. Right, and I was afraid that I was going to resent myself and resent that job and talk bad about myself. And since I'll be in that job, I know I said I was going to be in it until I find something else. But the fact of the matter is, I'm going to be on my feet all 40 hours. I'm going to be too tired to apply for jobs. People who are saying, can you come work for us right now? It is going to look very bad. Right? It is going to look very, very bad if I work for this company and I leave within a month. And nothing happened, right? Okay, again, if it was a toxic environment, leave. If somebody, if people want to talk to you about it, you can talk. But if... On your resume, it's like you've only been a manager for one month, right? It is going to look bad on your resume. Recruiters will look at it, and they'll be like, you were a manager. It's not like you were a cashier. They're going to be like, will she work for us, and then when 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 a better opportunity comes to her, she'll leave, Right, and you know companies are afraid of that, and I can tell because when I was interviewing with all these companies um, at the job fair, I can tell that a lot of them were afraid of me leaving. I even had someone in an interview say, "I'm looking at your resume; it's very impressive. You studied in this field, my," and they asked me, um, "Are you just doing this job?" until you find something within your field. like Y'all, I'm not even playing. Point blank, they asked me that. They're like, they basically, and they said it like that. They're like, are you just going to be in this job until you find something in your field? Point blank, y'all. They asked me that. Because, you know, companies are really afraid of that. Because, again, it is more expensive to hire Than to fire, like it's more expensive to hire a new person than to keep your old people. So, like I know with that, and especially with that company, right? After I was talking to them, I could tell they were dealing with abandonment issues, in the sense that again, a lot of their workers are high school students. So, they lost over fifty percent of their of their employees because their employees are going to college, right? And I and it was very obvious in the interview, because, you know, they told me that, but it was very obvious that they liked me because of my degree. One, because I can bring them great value. But two, I'm done with college. I'm not going to be leaving like that. And again, this shop owns stuff all over the world. And I talked to the owner, right? Or the owner of that particular franchise, And y'all, it's just not, it's sad. It's sad, but it's not a good look. So I knew that I would have to stay with them for a year. So even if an opportunity came, right? If it doesn't come within like six, five months, it's gonna look bad on me if I just leave that job. And I hate to say it like that. I really do. And I don't want to be painted as I will be in this job until a better opportunity comes and I will leave at a drop of a hat. Because to be honest, that really is not true. It it really isn't. Because like for me, if I like the job, I like the job. If I leave for another job, it is something major. Either I have to move to another state, you know, Oh, I really need to make more money because you know my mom is dying and I need this money. Or or, you know, or the company was just treating me bad. Right? Or um I get to work for Hillary Clinton or the president of the United States or like a diplomat in a foreign country. Those will be the conditions. But apart from that, if you think that you're treating me well and I'm just gonna deuce on you the first chance I get, that that's not me. So, that is, okay, brief intermission, I had to talk with my sister. So, what did I say last time? Yeah, so, like, if a company treats me well, I am not going to leave them at a drop of a hat. Because, again, I do believe in loyalty and, you know, providing for the company. That's just my motto, right? But loyalty goes both ways. You can't expect an employee to be loyal to you, but when an employee sees you, they know that you can just fire them, no questions asked. And that's a rant for another podcast on like how employers treat employees and just this whole, because again, a lot of companies are afraid that Especially if they think that the person is a little bit overqualified, that they're just going to leave at the drop of the hat. But instead of being like, oh, they're going to leave us because, you know, they're being because, you know, they have this skill set, they're going to leave us. Maybe treat them well so they don't want to leave. Maybe if you know that they are worth 85K and you can afford it, don't nickel and dime. But right? again, some companies, they can't afford to pay their employees what they're worth. Okay, and that happens. But more often than not, there are employers who can, but they just don't want to because they're like, they want to get the most bang for their buck. If you know your employee is worth 85, if 85 is the average, do not quote them 65 to 70, And then you guys will be mad when a job offers them that 85 to 90 K and, you know, they're doing about the same job they're doing with y'all and y'all be mad when they leave. And I'm like, had it been, if you guys were in their shoes, you guys would have done the same thing. So again, treat your employees right. Cause not all employees are going to just lead deuce and go for another job like that. No, it does not work like that. Because I know a lot of people who have actually stayed in lower-paying jobs. And when I mean lower-paying, I'm telling they were making six figures. They're not, they're not making six figures anymore, but they wouldn't trade that for the world. Because the employer that's paying them less money is treating them better. So employees will not always leave you for more money or a quote-unquote better opportunity, but they will leave if they're not getting the respect they, they deserve. But anyway, thanks for coming to my TED talk. But yeah, yeah, this was like a long podcast, but what some I'm imparting wisdom is please do not undervalue yourself. You know what you're worth. And if you don't know what you're worth based on like your skill set, Google Right, see what's the average. Talk with your friends, and you know, this is the thing we all have to be honest with each other, okay? Because when people come to me for advice, I'll be telling them the ugly truth. I will tell them if Chimu's not doing well, I will tell them the stupid mistakes I've done. If I accepted that 1250 job, I'll be telling them how much I'm making. Like, I tell people the truth. Because when people lie or people cover up because they want to fit this false narrative, it just creates more false narratives. So please tell your friends the truth. When your friend comes to you and says, How much are you making for this job? Please tell them the amount. Do not lie to save face because you don't win and your friend doesn't win. The company wins because you're making 60K, but you're telling your friend you're making 70. And then when your friend is telling people 70, 70, 70, you know, expecting to get 70K and nobody's hiring them with that salary, they'll get disenfranchised. And I'm telling you, there'll be a 50K job that comes in and they will take it. It, It's not right, y'all. So please, if you want to know your worth, talk to your friends, talk to your friends who you trust and that are honest. And if your friends are not honest and you don't trust them, they shouldn't be your friends, but whatever, right? Do a Google research, go on Reddit. I, I know, like go on some forums because people tend to be um, unfiltered there, right? But you know, talk to people, see how much they're making, see the average, go to Glassdoor. Some people report their salaries just to get a basic idea, So that's like self-worth for like employment, but for you, just personal self-worth, know that you guys are worthy, believe in your skills. I'm telling you, some of y'all be thinking y'all pennies while your guys are dollar bills. Like I be talking to some of y'all and y'all, and y'all like me, like you over here thinking you ain't doing nothing, but then when you talk about what you've done, I'm like, is this the president of the United States? Like, like, you know, just in general, is this the president of the world? Like, it's great. And you know, I do the same thing too, because when I look at my resume, I'm like, wow, I did do all these things. And I'd be surprising myself. I'm like, whose resume is this? But anyway, so don't undervalue yourself. Now, on the same flip of the coin, do not think you're so high and mighty that you will let go of good opportunities just because of the sticker price. So whatever opportunity you're offered, look at the sticker price, but also look at the opportunity cost. Do not just deny a job because it pays below what you expected. Again, it shouldn't pay so below. So like again, if your average wage is like if you're if you're expected to get sixty five k and they're paying you ten k, girl, it ain't worth it. Not unless there are other opportunity costs to justify it. So that 10K job, fine, it's 10K, but you're working, you're the right-hand man of Bill Gates. You're the right-hand man of the Amazon CEO, and you're doing more than just getting their coffee, right? Then that 10K, I would say go for it, but not 10K and you're not getting any benefit, So please be smart about looking at the sticker price, yes, but looking at your opportunity costing, can I live on this? Will this advance my career? Will the opportunities are the benefits more than the cost? So yeah, please value yourselves, love yourself, know that you're valuable, but please do not turn down opportunities because of their sticker price. Okay, y'all, thank you and love yourself.